wonderful. In life, as far as I can tell, uh, energy can be generated in one of two ways, either by pulling things apart and separating them or by joining things together, fusing them together. And I am both speaking about physics, although I'm, I'm a pastor, right? And I'm speaking about things in a emotional, relational, spiritual sort of way. Uh, there was a song that came out last Christmas by Kelly Clarkson, American Idol runner-up, maybe. Uh, and her song last year, I just heard this on the radio, is called Christmas Isn't Cancelled, Just You. It's like a breakup song. And, I mean, the gist of the lyric of this otherwise peppy Christmas song is like, I'm having a good time, I'm with my friends, I'm around the tree, I'm more energetic than ever because you're no longer in my life. Merry Christmas. Right? Any of us who have been through a breakup or loss of job or even on a deeper level going through some kind of grief process know that when we lose something, it generates a tremendous amount of energy. The Bible readily acknowledges this. In the original Christmas story, um, there's several elements that are remarkable examples of separation. The way the whole story gets started in Luke 2 is that Caesar Augustus declares that a census would be taken of the entire Roman world, which means dividing up Roman citizens from the tons of unwashed regular people, number one, and it means that you had to go from wherever you were living, separate yourself, and find yourself back to your own hometown. By the way, there were different tax rates. Am I a us? Am I a them? Am I an insider? Am I an outsider? Modern politics still does a great job of doing this. This happened 2,000 years ago as well. It's not in Luke 2, but there was a puppet king in Israel when Jesus was born. His name was Herod. And those of you who know the story know that Herod set himself, hearing that there was another king of Israel who was born, he set himself violently separating children from their parents and murdering any young boy who was a possible candidate to his throne. This is hard for us to imagine in 2022. Even Mary's pregnancy, when she learned that being an unmarried woman was going to be bringing a child into the world, offered the potential to separating her from her fiancé, from her parents, from her hometown. So many elements of the Christmas story provide this propulsive energy forward through what's being separated, good, bad, and otherwise. In a good way, we have many students in our congregation today. You are separated from your normal work, studying, cramming, exam routines right now. Amen? And hopefully that's a good separation. You can sleep in, you can be renewed, you can be recreated, you can be re-energized by this temporary separation. <sighs> On a very practical level, uh, perhaps you've noticed it's been super cold lately. Yes? It's not just me? All right. So in your apartment or your house... I'm so cheap that every time I hear the furnace click on, you know, that click, shh, I just, I feel the dollars burning up, okay? And what is happening in your, if you have a natural gas heater in your house, what is happening? 
a gas line, a fuel is coming in, it meets a spark, there's a chemical reaction, atoms are separating, getting pulled apart, and the benefit is a little bit of light, but a lot of heat that, Lord willing, goes coursing through your home and keeps you warm and comfy even when it's negative 10 degrees outside. Right? We are, in the winter in Chicago, daily beneficiaries of atomic separation of energy. My family used to live in northern Michigan. We did not have a gas furnace. All we had was a giant cast iron stove like the size of this podium in our basement, and nothing made me happier than loading that thing full of hardwood on a cold winter night and watching it go up in flames and getting so hot that it wasn't even orange anymore on the inside, but almost just like vibrant blue as these pieces of wood gave themselves up willingly to heat our entire house. Awesome, the power that can come from separation. What's true in the invisible world is also true in relationships, with emotions, in spiritual things. There is power in pulling things apart, but there can also be some toxic byproducts. Burning wood is great. Burning natural gas is great. Burning gasoline in your car is great. But what's one of the byproducts? Soot? Carbon? Uh... Potentially, there's a little extra carbon in the atmosphere these days. There's a little more carbon in the ocean these days. It's great. We still need to do this. But anytime you pull something apart, they're typically our byproducts. If you've lost someone, if you've gone through a painful separation, you know this on a heart level to be deeply and painfully true. There is another possibility, however, for generating energy in this world, in this world. And it's by putting things together. The sciency word for this is fusion. Fusion is happening right at this moment in every single star in our galaxy, in the billions and billions of stars in the universe, in our own local star, the sun, that even on cold days, sends a little bit of solar energy our way from a fusion process that's eight some million miles away. I'm gonna talk science for a little bit. Feel free to correct me. There's gonna be a point to this, I promise. Okay? Uh, the reason I'm gonna, well, in the last two weeks, in a laboratory in Livermore, California, in the Bay Area, scientists announced that for the first time here on planet Earth, there has been a successful atomic fusion process that has actually generated net energy. How is that possible? Here's what's going on in the sun and in every star. Nuclear fusion is the process of bringing two small atoms together at the most basic level. You take two hydrogen atoms, you force them together with such might that they become one big helium nucleus and shoot off a really energetic atomic particle called a neutron. Again, for the first time, this happens naturally, burning up the fuel in our star, the sun. But here's what scientists did. They took 192 lasers, fired them all at a tiny little gold capsule, and heated that little thing up to more than 3 million degrees. 
so this is boggling my mind already, when that little capsule got so hot, it starts emitting x-rays, and then those x-rays hit another little fuel source of hydrogen and start those hydrogen atoms fusing together into helium and generating the extra neutrons. And for the first time ever, scientists got more energy out at the end than took to put in to start all of those 192 lasers. So let me be super practical. Imagine that you filled your car with 20 gallons of gas, and then you drove, and then you had 30 gallons of gas after you drove. Like, that's basically what happened. Or your furnace runs for two hours, and the energy company pays you for the gas for three hours. Amen? <laughs> this sounds like a fantastic world if we could start ending up with one-third more energy, which is about exactly the percentage they got on the backside of the process than they used to start the process. Can you imagine the good spiral? So now you take this energy, and it makes one-third more energy than that. And then you take that energy, and it makes one-third more energy than that. Potentially, this could be really good news for human beings as a species if we can create abundant, nearly limitless, clean energy. By the way, there's not going to be a fusion plant in Chicago like next year. Like, this is decades away. So the Wright brothers, I think, in 1903, took their first flight in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, and American Airlines was not founded the next year, right? Like, that took decades for all of that to develop. So we are just in the first little baby step of something potentially very good. Even if we perfect this process, and 30 or 40 years from now, those of us who are older are gone and not enjoying it, but you kids are living in this new world where there's abundant, clean energy. Even if we perfect this technology, is this going to solve all of our problems as a species? Is this going to make me a better person? Is this going to change my heart? Is this going to straighten out what is crooked within me? Is this going to heal my brokenness? While I am quite an optimist about technology in general because we are created in the image of God and God has given us this amazing capacity to create and invent and solve problems and tackle things, especially corporately and collectively, no amount of technological process, progress is going to change us or heal us or save us in the way that we need to be changed and healed and saved. We need something else for that. Here's the good news of Christmas, friends. In the matters of the heart and in the matters of our soul, there is also a power in joining, a power in fusion, and we call this love. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. Here's the miracle of Christmas. God took his divine nature and fused it together with our mortal, human, limited nature and so much energy and love and hope and joy have resulted from this fusion that there is more than enough love and hope to go around to every corner, person, atom, situation, harm in the entire universe. 
That is how powerful the fusion of our God is. If you think I'm talking crazy, good. Because it truly is crazy talk. How could it be that the limited has been fused together with the infinite and the unlimited? How could it be that a created thing is fused together with the one who created everything? How could it be that someone unlovely, something unlovely could be fused together what is, with what is truly beautiful and lovely? How could the unholy be joined together with what is truly pure and holy? Luke 2 says that Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And I'm suspicious that she was the very first person who had some inkling from the inside out of this fusion of the goodness of the love that God was up to in sending Jesus. So many of us uh, on a night like this come into a church like this and we have our fair share of, of doubts about what's in the Bible. Totally fair. My personal opinion is that this is the hardest thing to believe out of all the things taught in Scripture. It's the most unbelievable it's the most miraculous. It's the hardest to like truly to believe. I mean, no, hardly any American wants to be like, oh, Christmas stinks. I don't believe, you know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We should not bother as a culture anymore with Christmas. Hardly anybody will say that. But people will say things like, the Red Sea parted. Come on. This guy walked on water. Come on. Healings? I don't really think so. Bread and fish multiplying to feed people? Here's my opinion. If Jesus really was born in Bethlehem as the Son of God, if this unbelievable fusion of divinity and humanity actually happened, and the power of love has been unleashed upon the human race, then everything else is 100% possible and is a small potatoes miracle compared to Jesus himself. Do you feel that? Do you get that? The real miracle of Christmas is not a benevolent guy in a red suit who's able to make it to every single house and every single chimney in 12 hours. That would be a miracle. But exponentially, cosmically bigger miracle is God becoming one of us for love.